Good morning and welcome to chapel. To begin, I invite you to turn in your green, sing the journey to number 27, 27, God of the Bible.
Welcome to chapel. Good morning. Um, today we're going to have a special guest, Noah Buchholz, and we're going to worship God together. But before, we're going to pass the peace. So I encourage everyone to greet each other and give a word of encouragement at this time of the semester. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. Sorry. And greet each other and give a word of encouragement. I ask you to continue worshiping with us by turning in your blue hymnal um, to new, number 299, 299, New Earth, Heavens New. welcome you all here and to welcome Noah Buchholz. He's from New Jersey and he's currently working on his master's degree in, at Princeton. He's studying um, for his Master of Divinity and he's involved in performance and deaf literature and he's been involved in both worlds, the hearing world and the deaf world. And he's going to be here today and at chapel. Tonight we're having a coffee house 
Tomorrow we have a workshop in the afternoon, and tomorrow night is a performance, and you're all welcome to come tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. You can buy tickets at the door, um, and we will have interpreters, an interpreter there. I want to introduce his brother, Jacob, who's going to be voice interpreting for Noah. So please welcome the, them to, here today and for the weekend. Thank you. Now, I want you to imagine that in the Gospels, there is a story where Jesus meets a man who is black. And Jesus has compassion on this black person because he suffers under the oppression of the white community and wants to free him from this oppression. And so Jesus lays his hands on this black man and allows him to become white. <laughs> what would you think black people would feel about that story? Do you think there would be a lot of black Christians today if that story were in the gospel? The good news is that story is not in the Bible. But we do have a similar story in which Jesus heals a deaf man. And for that reason, Christianity has a bad name in the deaf community. When deaf pastors read this story, they pray to God and ask, God, why is this story in the Bible? Deaf Christians try to ignore the story, pretending that it's not there. The deaf community who are not Christians ridicule the story, believing that that story is what leads the hearing community to have such empathy on the deaf community, praying that they might be healed, feeling sorry for the deaf community, and telling deaf people, don't worry. When you go to heaven, you're going to be hearing. You're going to be able to hear. But deaf people cherish deaf culture and deaf language. Deaf people do not want to become hearing. We want to stay deaf. I come from a deaf family. I have four brothers and two sisters, all of which are either deaf or hard of hearing. My mother is deaf. My grandparents are deaf. My dad is the only hearing person in the family, and we call him the handicapped one in my family. <laughs> it's good to be deaf in my family. I married a deaf woman. Uh, the two of us are pregnant with our first child, and we're hoping that the child will be born deaf. And many deaf couples do hope that they will give birth to deaf children. At Gallaudet University, which is the only liberal arts college in the world, there was a poll that was conducted where the student body was asked if there were a magic pill that you could take and this pill would allow you to become hearing, would you take it? And more than 80% of deaf participants said no. We want to stay deaf. We don't want to be able to hear. We have our own way of hearing and speaking. We hear with our eyes and we speak 
with our hands. Perhaps when you hear these statements, it's hard to believe, but the deaf culture is unique. And we really do cherish the deaf culture and do not view deafness as a group of disabled people, but we view the deaf community as an ethnic, linguistic, social group. And if that is the case, what do we do with this story in Scripture of the healing of the deaf man? We're going to look at Mark chapter 7 and analyze that story together. If we could get it on the projector. Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37 begins. Jesus left the region of Tyre again and went through Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. They begged him to touch his hand on the man. If you see the word for deaf in Greek, this word can also mean dumb, dull. The word dumb is an old-fashioned word meaning unable to speak. But that word is often equated with intellectual ability, so people often think that deafness leads to an inability to learn, which is not true. Another word is also used in this verse, translated speech impediment. This word does not mean mute. Mute is a different word, meaning struggling to speak, not being able to speak clearly. That's what this word here means, having a hard time communicating. So the people beg Jesus to heal this man. So Jesus, the scripture continues, took him aside away from the crowd. And this is interesting. Imagine going to a different country, not being able to speak their language, and the people are talking about you. They're surrounding you. How might you feel in that situation, standing in those crowds, wondering what the people are talking about as they talk about you? And that's what this deaf man feels in the moment. All of the hearing people around him are speaking. They're talking about him, and he has no idea what they're saying. And here comes Jesus in the middle of this freak show as everyone's looking at him. And this is an experience that deaf people have on a consistent basis as hearing people look at them, talk about them. Their self-confidence is deflated. But this is why Jesus takes the deaf man aside, away from the crowds, ushering everyone else away and looking directly at the deaf person. Jesus understands the deaf man and how he feels. And so what Jesus does next is incredible. Jesus puts his fingers into his ears and spits and touches his tongue. 
When it says Jesus put his fingers into his ears, many people imagine Jesus plugging his fingers into the deaf man's ears. The Greek is not clear exactly what Jesus is doing, where and how Jesus touches the deaf man. But we can see and try to imagine what Jesus is trying to do. Jesus is trying to communicate with this deaf man. Jesus is gesturing with this deaf man. So Jesus points to the man's ears, spits, touches his tongue, showing the deaf man that what I'm trying to do in this moment is heal you. Many times in my life, I inform hearing people that I'm deaf, that I can't speak, but hearing people still feel like they have to talk with me. So in a restaurant, I'll inform the uh, server that I'm deaf, that I can't speak, that I need to write back and forth, but the waiter will still try to talk with me, and the mouth's moving in my face, and again, I gesture, I can't hear what you're saying, but it's still the server talks. I, Stop talking, I'm deaf, write with me. But Jesus isn't trying to talk with this deaf person. Jesus closes his mouth, and instead... Jesus communicates with the deaf person in a way the deaf person can understand. This is an incredible moment as Jesus understands the deaf man and then Jesus looks up to heaven and groans. If you look at the other miracle stories of Jesus, he often looks up to heaven and prays. But now Jesus says nothing. Instead, Jesus looks up to heaven and utters this groan, this expressive groan, a prayer perhaps that the deaf man could understand. And then Jesus says to him, Ephatha. Jesus doesn't look up to heaven and then says Ephatha. He looks up to heaven, has this expressive groan, and then looks to the deaf man and says this word. And this word, Ephatha, is an Aramaic word that is very easy to be lip-read. The lip movements of this word are easily understood. Jesus picks a word that is very clearly understood by the deaf man and says this word, Be opened. And immediately... His ears were opened. His tongue was loosened. The literal translation of the word is his imprisoned tongue was released. And he spoke clearly. The true miracle of the story is not that the deaf man can hear. The true miracle of the story is that the deaf man receives language immediately If you don't know how to speak, if you don't know how to hear, and then you receive hearing, you would have to go through intense speech training to be taught how to speak clearly. But that's not what happens with this deaf man. The deaf man immediately receives language in a single moment. He doesn't have to learn the language over a course of many years, but Jesus gives the deaf man language, and that's the key to the miracle story. When you read this story, it's important to understand that in Jesus' time, there wasn't a deaf culture. There wasn't an established sign language. Deaf individuals were extremely isolated. At that time, people thought 
that deaf individuals were incapable of learning and contributing to society, so they were left in isolation. It was not until the 1700s that scholars and linguists began to understand that deaf people were capable of learning and being taught through sign language. And this is historically when we see the development of sign languages. But at this time, there's no language, no community. And so, of course, this deaf individual is extremely isolated. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said that the worst form of punishment for humanity is isolation. And naturally, deaf individuals were isolated, unable to communicate with society, imprisoned. And that's why this word is used. His tongue was imprisoned, stuck, strapped, unable to communicate with society. And so Jesus says, be open. It doesn't mean your ears are open. You can hear hallelujah. It means that you now have language and you can communicate with people and now you can be part of the world. Be open. Have access. And now this deaf man has a new life socializing with the world. So... Today, deaf people have culture. They have language. The point of this story is not that deaf individuals need to be healed because they already have access and communication to the world and the wider community. The point of the story is that Jesus understands deaf people. Jesus did not follow the common cultural conceptions of what it meant to be deaf and how deaf people were to be treated. Jesus connected with this deaf person. And so if Jesus showed up today, I don't imagine he would put his hands on deaf people and heal them, but Jesus would sign with deaf people. That's what Jesus would do. At Gallaudet University, there is a seal that the college has that says Ephatha from this story. And many deaf students complain and want to take that phrase off the seal of the college because for them, it's from an antiquated story where they believe Jesus has pity on a deaf person. But my proposal is to keep the phrase Ephatha. Keep it on the seal. Because we can turn to this story and we can understand that God gives humanity and deaf individuals language. That God has given the deaf community language. Ephatha reminds us that in the past, God did not have language. And so this deaf man was given access and language and God has given deaf people the noblest gift of language, sign language, community, and we can hear, we can speak. So God has given us language and culture, and we need not take pity on the deaf community, but recognize that their gifts of language are from God. And thus we must find a way to preach the good news to deaf people in their language. 
informing them that God does understand the deaf community and that God is for deaf people. The Bible truly is hearing-centric. For example, in the end times, those who hear the voice of the Son of Man will rise. So does that mean in the end time, deaf people are going to become hearing first so that they can hear the voice of the Son of Man? People ask me that question. Do you believe that when you go to heaven, you'll be hearing? I say to them, perhaps when I go to heaven, I might have the opportunity to hear with my ears, but I will not become hearing of the mind. I will stay deaf in my culture. Revelation says that in the end times, there will be many tribes and many languages singing the praises of the Most High God together. So when we go to heaven, you're not going to see me speaking in English, even if I might be able to hear with my ears. I'm going to be there singing in American Sign Language, praising God through my deaf identity in heaven. In the Bible, it says that in the end days, the deaf will hear the word of the scroll. Deaf people say, in the end times, we'll finally be able to hear. But to them, I say, don't say that. That day has already come. That day is today. Today is already the day in which deaf people can hear the word of the scroll. So instead of bringing Jesus to heal deaf people today, we bring deaf people there to God because they already can hear the word. Oh, now I invite you to turn in your purple, sing this story to number 34. 34, you are holy.
Let us pray together. God, the word of your Son says that in the end times, those who can see will become blind, and those who are blind will be given sight. Lord, help us to be able to see and to understand the deaf community, that they are in possession of language and culture, and today they can already hear your word. God, help us to bring your word to deaf people in their language and in their culture, just as you do through all languages and cultures in this world. May your good news be heard and be seen. Amen. Thank you all for coming here. And I hope you really enjoyed uh, Noah's message. And I will remind you tomorrow night at uh, the show at 7 o'clock. You can buy tickets at the door, so please come. And as you leave, go with God in his peace.